Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Erica here, hopping in to introduce you to this episode and welcome our guest. We are talking about digestive health and how that shows up in healing your relationship to food. A lot of you also experience digestive issues, and a lot of it is related to gut health and brain health. I couldn't be more honored to be talking to a highly, highly experienced colleague of mine that I really, really respect and am so glad that I found her work. Dr. Heather Finley is a registered dietitian with a doctorate in clinical nutrition. She studied functional nutrition, and what she realized is that our gut health is so much more than just nutrition and what we eat. And she helps women struggling with complicated digestive issues find relief by using her proven gut together method. She also mentors other dietitians looking to seek more knowledge in this area. You are going to want to follow her on Instagram. She shares so much advice, so many tips, and you can find her at gutbrain.nutrition. I cannot wait to share this episode with you and let's hop in. Hey there, welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I have a really highly requested topic. A lot of you deal with this. So I am talking with Dr. Heather Finley and she is a gut health expert as you heard about her lovely bio that I just shared with you. So welcome, Heather. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Absolutely. I always like to ask my guests so that everyone listening kind of know a little bit more about you and who you are and how you ended up doing this work. Could you share how you got into things? Well, do you want the long version or the short version? (laughs) (laughs) I guess the short of the long is I got into this to figure out my own problems. I spent 20 years of my life ultra constipated, had tons of gut issues, and really decided I'm going to go to school and be a dietitian to figure out how to not be constipated. And I graduated quote unquote dietitian school and I still was constipated. And I was so frustrated by why I didn't feel any better and that I didn't have any knowledge on how I could fix myself. And so I started down this journey of integrative nutrition and ended up getting my doctorate from an integrative institution in clinical nutrition. And that's really where it all clicked. I think I had spent my entire life thinking that the only reason that I was constipated was because of food. And I had no clue how much everything else affected my gut. So the way that I was exercising, the lack of variety in my diet, my stress levels, all the underlying quote unquote root causes of digestive issues. So when I was in this doctorate program, I really started to understand why I never felt better. I was over-focusing on what I was eating and felt like 
the only reason I'm bloated is because, oh, well, maybe it's I ate that thing today, or maybe it's from this yesterday, and I didn't realize all the other things. And so as I started putting the puzzle pieces together, I had this light bulb moment of no one should ever have to get a doctorate to figure out why they're constipated. And so I decided, so people don't have to do that. I am going to create the program that I wish that I had that would have helped me along the way. And so now that's what I get to do. Wow. That's, I'm so glad that you did and that you are able to share your message with other people. It's so interesting how a lot of the clients that I work with come to me in a similar manner. I'm honored you're here to talk about food. You're trying to fix a lot of your gut issues. But like you said, there's so much more to it than just what you're eating. And it sounds like you experience something similar where you start to get this really fearful relationship with food and you're just worried generally about how you're going to feel and how you're going to react. And food just becomes this thing that is so stressful. And, you know, we can talk about it more and how that could be exacerbating your issues. But, you know, it's like finding what else, what other tools can you do if it's not just about what you're putting in your body in terms of food, but how can we be working with other modalities? Definitely. And I always tell my clients, typically, if you're chronically constipated or you're chronically bloated or you're having lots of diarrhea or whatever it is, all the glamorous things that you know are not good dinner conversations, it's typically beyond a food issue. So yes, of course, nutrition matters for gut health, but in a much different way than we thought it did. We often think the reason I'm constipated is because of something I'm eating, but the reality is it could be that you're not digesting well, or you have some underlying issues that are creating you to react to have this reaction to food, regardless of what you eat. And so addressing those things and actually being able to expand the variety in your diet can give you so much freedom, not even just with food, but in your life. I know for me, my social life was in shambles when I had digestive issues because I was scared to go out to eat. I was scared to kind of go off what I thought was like, quote unquote, safe, even though I still felt terrible. I think that anyone listening to this is really going to relate to what you're talking about and just how that plays out in your life. And I think that's why, you know, people wind up in our offices and speaking to us and working with us because you're desperate to feel better and find a change. You know, I'm thinking about a lot of, and this is where I, I really, I shouldn't, I shouldn't skip over this part, but <laughs> I found your work and just was instantly so excited and felt like you are filling a gap. And I'm, you know, I've been a dietitian for 10 years. I've been a certified eating disorder dietitian, you know, for years and years and years. And there's just this missing kind of application when it comes to nutrition and gut health and how they go together. Whereas if someone is, you know, seeking out all these ways to heal their gut, sometimes again, because of that anxiety, or we also have other things going on, it just creates this this really you know feedback loop essentially and you know i think for a lot of us it becomes you know how do you kind of unravel you know your relationship to food your anxiety your life your body image and then your digestion you know they're all working together or not together depending on how you're thinking about it just like the program name got together <laughs> you know it's like 
how do you start to kind of separate these pieces out or even like take a look at how they are connected? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they're connected. Well, your gut and your brain are connected through the vagus nerve, but also there's so many other things that connect just food that we eat and our digestive system. Even like the thoughts that we have about food can affect how we digest food. I, I explain it like this. So let's say that you are waiting for someone to come to your front door and they ring the doorbell and you have a dog and your dog goes crazy and starts barking. That's a nervous system response. So if you're sitting down for a meal and all of a sudden you see, I won't enter a food because I don't want to create more food fears, but you see XYZ food that you think doesn't work for you. The dog is barking in your head and your nervous system is going nuts. And all of a sudden, blood flow is going away from your gut and to your muscles because your body thinks it needs to chase this bear that is now a threat that's at your door and causing problems. And so, or not chase the bear, run away from the bear. You can have this reaction to food, not because of what you ate, but maybe in the sense of how you ate or your stress levels when you were eating, or even just the thoughts that you were having about food, but your gut and your brain are communicating all day long through this vagus nerve and anything going on in your gut is going on in your brain and vice versa. So an anxious gut is an anxious mind, an anxious mind is an anxious gut. So it sometimes becomes this chicken or egg scenario. Was I anxious before I had these gut issues or did the gut issues cause the anxiousness? And in some sense, it doesn't matter too much because we want to address both of them, knowing that our mood, our thoughts, our anxiety, our stress has such a significant impact on how we digest food. Focusing on that is a great place to start. And then as you dig into maybe what else is going on in the gut that's causing it to be anxious, you can have a really, really good plan for how to feel better. Oh, that is so, I think that people listening to this might not know that that worked two ways. They mm -hmm. might not, they might not realize that their gut and their brain are communicating so intricately, you know, maybe even people think, oh, this is just in my head or they're not aware that something that's in their head could actually impact their digestion. They just think, oh, I'm bloated or, oh, I can't eat that food. And so introducing this idea that they are intricately connected on a biological level and, and not just in the sense that, you know, they link up together in our bodies, but they are communicating to each other in a really intensive way. I mean, sensors that, you know, stretch out the size of a football field. I mean, let's dig into that a little bit. Like what, you know, we know that they're connected through the vagus nerve and we know that our minds can, can, you know, affect our guts, our emotions, our thoughts can affect our guts. And then our guts can go up to our brain. And so I think we're going to end up talking about two different ways to improve and really work on your gut and brain health. But I just want to riff on that a little bit of just all the ways that they're talking to each other. Yeah. I mean, they're talking to each other because your immune system is in your gut. They're talking to each other because hormones are produced in your gut. They're talking to each other because even hormones like hunger and fullness are communicated there as well. And so you can think of, I mean, anything going on with mood, anything going on with hunger and fullness, 
anything going on immune related, all can go back to the gut. Even things like brain fog, like anxiety, trouble focusing, all those things are being linked back to there as well. Wow. You mentioned earlier that when you're stressed about something, you know, that nervous system response, the doorbell and the dog, how does that show up in the body? You mentioned that your blood is being shunted away from your intestines. What ends up happening to digestion then? Yeah, I mean, so simply put, if your body is focused on this proverbial bear and running away from this bear, it's not worried about digesting a meal because it thinks that it needs blood to the muscles to run as fast as possible. And so we oftentimes live in a state of chronic stress without realizing it because we don't realize all the things that cause stress. So even things like under eating, food fear, over exercising, nutrient deficiencies, the list could go on, but there's a lot of things in our life that cause a lot of stress on our body that we might not feel, you know, we might be having a conversation and you might say, well, I'm not stressed. But then as we look at it, well, you're not sleeping enough, you're dehydrated, you're under eating, you're over exercising. And so all those things are going into this stress bucket and your body is producing cortisol, a stress hormone. And when your body's in this state of stress, then it's thinking digestion is not a priority. Running as fast as I can is So this can have significant impacts on stomach acid and gut diversity. So in case this is a new concept to you, you have two to five pounds of bacteria in your gut, which is crazy, trillions of microbes that actually help you to digest food. And so when you have lack of diversity, you might have more reactions to the foods that you're eating because we as humans don't have the ability to digest some of the fibers that we consume. There are gut microbes that actually do digest these fibers. So a lot of times people will have trouble digesting, especially carbohydrates because they have fiber. And so then, well, I'm just not going to eat carbs. And that's obviously not a good solution because then your diversity in your gut decreases over time, creating a larger problem. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that answers the question. I feel like I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there. No, it was great. And I think it's really starting to illustrate how these things practically show up and, you know, some of the biggest players of, you know, under eating, over exercising, being consistently stressed, not drinking enough water, not, you know, sleeping well and having how these things, these are all things that, you know, we're told you're supposed to do, you know, a lot of times synonymous with eating healthy for some of us ends up not being enough, you know, whether that's diet culture that's pulled this stuff together, or, you know, maybe you feel that your diet's fairly limited. Like you said, you're getting this lack of diversity over time. And I, something I want to put a pin on is what you were saying about, you know, this idea of how we have microbes in our gut that actually digest our food. I think people know that maybe somewhat on this very surface level, but the way you talked about it, it's like there's so much more going on. Like this idea of if you eat, say, a potato, there are specific microbes in your gut that are just there for potatoes and they are ready to take them in and digest them. So when people aren't eating a large variety of foods or like you said, really not getting enough carbohydrates, they're not going to really have that type of diversity or you know, efficiency and practice, you know, it's, it's so interesting. It's super interesting. And I think 
the best way to put it is variety on the plate equals variety in the gut. So like you said, the gut bugs that love potatoes are different than the gut bugs that love black beans. So the more diversity you can have, the better. And you don't have to, not every single meal in your day has to be completely different. But like, if we're looking at your consumption over like a week or a month, like, do you generally get a lot of variety? I know for me, when I was super bloated and constipated, I was actually working my first clinical job at the hospital and we could eat in the cafeteria. So I ate there every day and I figured out like the three things that I liked from the cafeteria (laughs) and I ate the same things every single day. And it was just making everything worse by just eating those things repetitively for breakfast and lunch. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people think that, you know, getting variety on the plate is this really, you know, sensible advice that dietitians have been saying for 40 years or whatever, but there's actual science behind it and there's reasons behind it. And this idea that, you know, gut health, it, it seems so synonymous with cutting things out of our diet, but you know, what can we be adding to and bringing to our diets before we start removing things, which you know, if we need to, absolutely, let's, you know, work with you and figure out what your body needs. But, you know, what if your microbes have been not utilized because you haven't been having this food? What happens when someone hasn't eaten a specific food in a while? Like, let's say somebody's been eating a low carb diet because they have, you know, fears about it or whatever, and they start bringing in, say, rice. You know, what happens in the body? Like, are those microbes kind of coming up out of dormancy or... Are they being called to the scene and then they populate more? Yeah, I think, I mean, it it kind of depends, but I think the best way to put it is your gut is a muscle. And so if you haven't gone to the gym in three years and you show up and you have your hardest workout ever, you're not going to feel very good. So the same thing is with introducing foods. If you haven't had a bunch of different foods in a long time and then you have all of them at once, you're not going to feel very good. And so there is a way in which you can add foods back in systematically and slowly to help, quote unquote, get your gut back in shape in digesting these things and repopulate these microbes. Because the the fiber from a lot of these foods, especially carbohydrates that are typically restricted, are food for these gut bugs. They like fiber, they want to eat fiber, and when they don't have fiber, they don't survive. And then you have less diversity in your gut. Sure. So somebody, somebody that maybe hasn't been eating enough, I want to talk through kind of this idea of what happens in our body when we're perhaps not eating enough or even what, how that could show up. Because I think a lot of people might not realize that they're not eating enough or how it might be impacting their gut health and their bodies. And then I want to talk through kind of what comes after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I mean, a lot of things happen when you're not eating enough, but the top thing that comes to mind is just energy reserves. So if your body doesn't have a lot of energy from lack of nutrition or just lack of calories, then it is using that energy for essential things. And unfortunately, your digestive system isn't necessarily as essential as like your heart and your brain and your lungs. So Less energy equals a slower gut leading to more constipation or sometimes like this alternating constipation and diarrhea situation that will happen with people. 
that's the first thing. The second thing is it does add more stress. So it can affect cortisol levels. It can affect blood sugar balance. And then also nutrient deficiencies, which kind of just ends up being this vicious cycle because there are certain nutrients that are really important for stomach acid production and gut motility. And so, but the first thing I think to think about is just how is this affecting my body on an energy level? If you aren't eating enough, you might not have the energy to actually have a decent sized bowel movement or more regular bowel movement. Yeah. Oh, totally. And that's, you know, I think a lot of people end up stuck there in those like steps one and two where I'm not eating enough and then I bring in a new food and I'm really bloated. So I pop back to the beginning and then I try again and then I pop back to the beginning. So people listening to this are already going, okay, I know what to expect now. You know, I know what happens in my body when I'm not eating enough. I know that sometimes my gut health can be of consequence to that. And then when I start eating more, here's what I could potentially expect is an exacerbation of my symptoms until my gut gets a bit stronger again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's really no perfect way to do it. You can go from what you're doing now to what we're talking about, or you can go really slowly. That's where working with a dietitian who knows about this could be helpful, someone like you, because slow and low sometimes is the motto of getting your gut used to digesting some of these foods again without maybe causing a lot of these uncomfortable symptoms that make you want to retreat back to, well, forget it. I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think information and, you know, understanding the science, even just what we, you know, we were talking offline, there is so much that we could talk, you and I could talk all day from now until the end of the year, and we still wouldn't even be covering this. So this is really just scratching the surface on this conversation. But a lot of people really, I think, end up experiencing this place of a negative relationship with food, a lot of fears about food, a lot of negative thoughts, difficult beliefs, usually anxiety, sometimes accompanying irritable bowel syndrome or dealing with constipation, diarrhea, heartburn can be a big one, definitely bloating and that kind of discomfort. And you were talking before too about like hunger fullness and all of those cues that can be really involved in that. And so I think a lot of people who are listening to this are thinking about healing their relationship to food and, and how do I also work on my gut health as I go? And so I wanted to talk to you a bit I know, especially within your group program, how you work to people, work with people, you have a pretty specific framework on some of the things that you walk people through. And we, you know, I don't expect you to lay it out again. That would take, you know, months and months and months. But just wondering kind of high level, what are some steps that people could take to start today to know that, hey, I'm improving my gut health through doing these types of things? And also, you know, it's pretty general, like everybody could really be improving in this way. And where would they start? I think the first thing is mindset. When a lot of people join my program, they have no clue how much their mindset affects things. Mindset about food, mindset about their symptoms, mindset about their support system, mindset about previous practitioners, mindset about everything, really. And so changing that mindset is so powerful. We are wired to be negative, but the power there is that we can change our brain and we can change the process. So shifting thoughts, one exercise that we actually did this week in the program was sandwiching thoughts. So basically, what's a negative thought that you have about your symptoms, about food, 
or just about your digestive health in general and sandwich that in between two positive thoughts. And just even being neutral about your digestive system is better than being negative. And so sometimes you have to get to this place of neutrality before you're positive about it. Because I think sometimes that's intimidating. Like I feel super negative about food and I everything makes me bloated and I feel terrible to this is great. I love eating variety. Like that's overwhelming and intimidating and feels kind of fake. And so how can you get to a place of neutrality of what does your body do for you versus what it doesn't do for you? And just shifting those thoughts. So mindset is like a whole six month (laughs) program in itself. But I think that's a great place to start. What are what is your mindset about food? What is your mindset about your symptoms? And how can you just start shifting your mindset, focusing on either neutral thoughts or positive thoughts if possible? The second thing I think is identifying the underlying issues. So why is your body not tolerating these foods? Why are you bloated every time you eat? Why can't you have bowel movements? And I know food is a very easy and tangible thing to blame because we can see it, we can feel it, we can taste it. We can't necessarily see, feel, and taste our stomach acid or our gut motility or our gut bugs. We can't see them. So those are much harder things to necessarily quote unquote control. That's why I think food is often controlled for digestive symptoms because we can. But what are, what are the reasons why you feel the way you do simply? And how can you slowly start to address them? And that's going to be different for everyone because the reason that I feel six months pregnant and bloated by the end of the day could be completely different than the reason that you feel that way. So changing your mindset first, focusing on neutralizing your relationship there, and then digging into some of these underlying issues. It can take some time, but it's worth it. And it does allow a lot of healing and trust if you're able to have an actionable plan to then address these things. Um, Because if it is something like low stomach acid or lack of diversity in your gut or slow gut motility, there are really easy, simple things you can do over time to address these. I love that you brought up the mindset piece because it really is such a I mean, you experienced it, you know, like it's so understandable that people wind up feeling that way and that so many, you know, can't imagine how much unsolicited advice or whatever they've been given or like you said, you know, past practitioners who, you know, maybe the, you know, the cause wasn't really, you know, found and and they weren't able to heal. And I think that, you know, being able to really pause there and have compassion for yourself and, you know, find food, even just some of the science that we've talked about today, it's like, our guts are unbelievable. Just the amount of things that they do for us and the level of intelligence that exists within them. I mean, all of the, is it like 70 plus percent of our immune system is located in our gut? I mean, hormones, hungerfulness, stress, like everything. It's crazy. And, and you know, really then kind of looking at how can you work on that as well? And I don't, you know, a lot of the people that I work with, their gut health when they're working on their relationship to food does tend to improve. Not everybody's is completely better. Like you said, everyone's really different. But I've had some clients that, you know, I end up referring to somebody like you or whoever to really dive deeper into it. And then other times it's like, gosh, eating enough, eating a variety of things, getting your gut stronger again, you know, having a different 
you know, more fiber over time as after your constipation starts to improve. But even like you said, it's like eating more and having more of a variety of things, just simply creating more nutrients available to create stomach acid. Like food can be this like friend or foe. And in that situation, in a more additive way, it can, it can really help us out. Totally. Yeah. And I think instead of kind of going towards the diet culture of like, well, it's this one thing you're eating or, you know, you can never eat this ever again, or you're going to be constipated. Like that's not very approachable. So how can you approach it from a way of inclusion versus exclusion? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Heather. Like, I love how full circle this was. You know, we started out talking about, you know, our gut and brain and how they're connected. And then we kind of ended talking about mindset and then food and, you know, these different types of things that you can move through to improve both, but understanding that they are both. And, you know, if someone is working through it on their own and stuff continues to persist, that there are other people like you, there are people like me who exist who can help you create that personalized plan, but to not feel hopeless. Like, I don't know about you, but I see um, so many people get better from this. Totally. Yeah. I see it all the time. And I think the right tools and the right just mindset for sure and time is a big one. What is next for you and your business? What are your plans? Yeah, we are. So we have a program called Gut Together. We are onboarding another team member soon in that program, which I love because it's not just me thinking about your case. It's now three people. And so it's just powerful to have that type of support. So that's really what's next is just continuing to grow this program and help more people find relief from digestive issues. Absolutely. And I think being in a group program for that type of issue, like you're not alone and mm -hmm. other people are getting better right along with you. Yeah. I always tell people it's the club you never wanted to be a part of, but we're here and you all understand each other and we're going to make the best of it. And the community is so powerful. I think it seems weird to be in a program where you're talking about poop and gas, <laughs> but it is so powerful just knowing that you're not alone and just learning from other people and seeing the transformation that they're having and giving you hope that that can happen for you as well. Yeah. Well, thank you again and everyone else until next time. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.